Hello, welcome to episode number 26 of the Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Roy Corlin. And today my guest was Martin Siblin, who is disabled, but he's actually one of the most inspirational guys I've come across. He's done amazing things in his life to date, on and off the stage, but also he's doing a load of other stuff currently. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy the episode. Uh, You'll find us on speakingpodcast.com, on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, uh, Speaking Podcast, and all episodes are different, so be sure to go back to the start and listen to them all. And we've also started um, a Polish podcast for those who would like to learn Polish, so you can find that on learnpolishpodcast.com. I hope you enjoy the episode. So welcome to the Speaking Podcast, and my guest today is Martin Sibley. And Martin is an author, a blogger, uh, a podcaster, and an entrepreneur. And we actually have a similar style in podcasting because he gets his guests to introduce themselves just like I do. So you're unaware of that, Martin, but please tell (laughs) the audience who you are. Cool. Well, thanks for having me on the the podcast, Roy. Yes, as you say, I'm... Do, do a few a collector of titles with the, the, the few bits of podcasting, blogging, authoring. Um, I suppose my mission, uh, being disabled and being a, using a wheelchair since a very early age, has always been about inclusion. So I had a lot of personal um, experiences, personal barriers growing up that I had to overcome because of that particular situation. And then in adulthood, um, professionally, I now really look to empower other disabled people that's been a big thing for the last 10 or more years through the blog and the various other projects. Um, on the other side of that same coin, working with businesses and governments and charities to sort of help them to, to include disabled people. And then really the last um, year probably, I've, I've taken another leap forward where the, the experiences I've had of digital storytelling and digital marketing and public speaking, obviously, um, has been to try and help other people that want to have social good. So it's not, I'm not limiting it only with disability in true inclusion style. I'm trying to make it accessible to everybody, not just disabled people. And then also with my partner, my fiance, Kasha, um, I know you're, you're dialing in from, uh, from Poland at the moment where we visit from time to time to see her parents. Um, she's from a very natural health background. So I've also had a journey with um, trying to improve my health with natural, um, you know, sort of diet and treatments and supplements and exercise. But also um, Kasha runs a business um, around that and I help out with that sometimes. So, yeah, never a dull moment anyway. You're doing a lot and it's impressive to see. And uh, like one thing is I love your humor because... Like I was listening to, I think it was your last, actually both of our podcasts are at number 20 or both in, uh, have done 21 podcasts. So we're, awesome. we're yeah, but uh, I love your sense of humor. The last guest you'd done, she was listing all her Olympic medals and you said, is that all? Yeah. <laughs> and, and we were just discussing prior to the call, like, would it be a video? And you said, oh, I must get my gel out. So I love your, <laughs> I love your sense of humor and your positivity. Do you bring that to the stage? Like, I've seen your your videos uh, where you're doing in the cities and you're actually uh, showing about the disabilities. Um, and to be honest, you're always smiling and full of energy. Like you're a natural on the camera. So you might tell people, 
you know, how to, how to do that because that's a gift. Yeah. 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 I guess that's uh, you know, you, you try and in, have introspection of, so when I'm going to go on camera or on stage, what is it that I do to be smiley? And I think, you know, that there are elements where you have to play to your strengths. So I think that people that, that have other natural attributes, I just would say to play on those in general as advice. So the answer isn't always to be smiley. The answer is to be yourself. And obviously you and I first had a contact through some of the, the world of Mind Valley. And I think the biggest thing I've taken out of um, the stuff that Mind Valley do with their online education and some of their live events is that I started to feel that I had to be somebody else when I was on stage and I was more awkward and uncomfortable and trying to be this more formal person that I'm not. Mm. And the last year or two, I know that since I've just relaxed and I've just been myself, which for me is smiley and telling jokes. And I think also I like to make the audience feel calm and relaxed and engaged in what I'm talking about as well is quite important for me. Um, and I've noticed that I, yeah, the, the talks are going much better because of that. Um, and yeah, similarly with the camera, really, I just sort of imagine that it's um, my younger self, maybe I'm talking to when I was 15, 16 and had lots of questions and doubts. And I try and give that, that warmth and uh, sort of positive nature that I would have wanted to hear when I was in my teenage years as well. Oh, that's nice. I like that. That's yeah. Good, good. And what, what I liked about your video as well is, you know, because you, you're, you're in a wheelchair, but you're also, you've got the sign language on your videos. And also you were, you were giving advice, you know, for, for the blind. So you were catering for a lot of people on your show. Was, was that the Barcelona video? Yes. The yes yeah, yeah. 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 So that, that, that was a project that I did with the tourist board there. Um, so there was a lot more resource that w was able to do the sign language and um, and the actual topics were, I mean, when I blog, I still do cater for different disabilities, um, but that particular video had a bit more sort of resource behind it to do all of the, the sign language and everything, which is fantastic. And that's what collaborations mm. all about, you know, it's, uh, on my own. It, I think people, when, when they read the magazine I run, they think that we're some large multinational conglomerate, you know, because we, we have a nice website and we churn out a lot of content. But actually, the, the Disability Horizons magazine, there's about eight of us and we all really volunteer on it because of the passion that we have. Um, and so, yeah, it's that kind of a, sometimes you can look way more successful in a monetary sense than you actually are. Um, but for me, it's not about the money anyway. It's about the, the social change and supporting people that need the help. Yeah, no, no. And that, like, as I've seen and I've listened to you on a few different podcasts and everything, and I, I love what you're doing. And, you know, you're, you're giving some people like they just throw in the towel and you're doing so many different things. Like I've seen you on a hot air balloon. I know you've, you've done that. You, like, tell the audience the different things that you've done. <laughs> well, yeah, so I, I got to a point where I traveled so much and done so many adventures. I thought it'd be great to do a book. And so in the end, the book's called Everything is Possible. So if people want to download it on Amazon or yeah, get it on Amazon as a paper version that they can have a proper read of it there. But in terms of um, travels, I've done Australia, the USA, a few different places, Japan, Singapore, Egypt, and then all over Europe many times. And then with the adventure stuff, which was kind of some of them connected with the actual trips abroad. 
I did hot air ballooning, scuba diving, flying a plane, husky dog sledding in Finland. Um, and what, what's been amazing is that in starting my blog and telling my story of being disabled and the, the barriers I face both physically with the environment, but also attitudes, to be honest, is the bigger stigma that disabled people have to overcome. Um, but yeah, just through all of those things that the opportunities then arose that people like, oh, could you come and check out our holiday destination and share it with your readers? So um, the, the travel becomes self-fulfilling because I've ended up doing it more of, of like a job as well as just a, a passion. Um, and likewise with those adventure activities, they were quite often adapted sports or adapted activities where they kind of wanted me like a guinea pig to come along and try it out and then show everybody else what's possible. And I think another interesting part of that is that I've always done it with disabled people in mind. Mm. Um, but actually, I realised that people that aren't even connected to disability find it very inspirational and motivational. And so that, that's been a, a nice consequence of that what I'm doing is giving a different audience something positive to take away as exactly. well i mean it's all about attitude and you've got one of the best attitudes i know so like you can inspire anybody not just the <laughs> anybody which is amazing and mm -hmm. like you're like when you're going on a say a stage you have to do a speech because I, I, I saw recently something that you posted you've been invited to do uh, some to be a speaker at some event um like how do you prepare what's your kind of if you're going to be on stage, if you whether it's a five minute or have you done longer? What's the longest that you've actually had to speak? I've done an hour. Yeah, oh, I've done you? longer ones as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I think my, my first um, thought is that I've been practicing all my life. So it's all of the experiences that I had. And but particularly with public speaking, when I was at university, I used to get so nervous with group presentations that I would be physically sick before going up and doing it, not in the room, but you know, that morning back at the halls. And then, so like the, the, the nerves were massive. And I think that's an important thing to say to people that are wanting to get into it or are into it, but you know, not quite sure how to go about it. That I think the nerves are always there really, they're still there now, but um, I've got them under a lot more control. And so the point about the preparation being longer is practice. There is just a, an element of getting up and just, you know, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get, the more you work out the kind of things you want to say and the kind of things that the audience react to so that there's nothing like field research really. Um, but in terms of more, you know, sort of um, specific prep, um, I always, I tend to have some slides. I've done it more and more now that the slides are more about, um, like pictures rather than word heavy and then really I can just tell stories it's all about storytelling and when you realize that not your stories aren't right or wrong and your experiences aren't right or wrong you lose that fear of judgment as well mm -hmm. because you know that you're just able to be you and to tell your experience and you know that people will take different things away from it um I'm not so I mean, I've, I did A-level maths and I studied economics at uni. So I've got a bit of a mathematical sort of background, but actually I don't really like stats and spreadsheets and stuff. So I'm naturally more sort of, um, yeah, storytelling, more quali yeah, qualitative um, information. Mm. But I try to 
drop some stats in for the people in the audience that are more receptive to that kind of way of learning and internalizing things so again there's that balance of knowing what your audience is going to be wanting from the talk and then having a structure around the, the ideal outcome of what they want but then yeah just being you and just riffing a bit on sort of things and and quite often um that the humor stuff that i like to have is better when i'm riffing whereas if i tried to almost plan a joke it's too rehearsed and and you know stale in a way so i I think i I do definitely go into a state of flow when i'm on stage but i do also have that the two elements of my experiences and a bit of a shell plan to, to stick to a structure so i've got a bit of a guide while i'm going through the talk as well Okay. And like what you said there, I think is important because you said about, uh, you know, if you have the slides up that you have more of a picture than the words, because some people, they put up the, the words and they're reading it and the audiences are after reading it three times faster. And it's just, yeah. they switch off then and it's like, but whereas you have a picture, you have a story in your head. And I love yeah. as well the way you say that you connect with the audience, you know, like some people are mathematical because everybody is different. And if you can connect to them, at, even if it's only for 5% of the thing, the fact that you've connected, they're with you then. It's a great yeah. example. Yeah. And, and as I said before, everyone will take something different away. So it's sort of just the more you, you try and put out there in different ways and, and different experiences, you know, as you say, it might be 5% of the talk helps a person but that's great. Like that's a win, you know? And I even say if only one person goes away with something really profound out of, you know, whether it's tens or hundreds, whatever, but again, it's a win because that one person you've impacted their life positively. Exactly. Exactly. No, no, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, like uh, with the podcast, because it's the Martin Sibley podcast, I think is the, the name of your podcast. The Martin Sibley Show, yeah. Martin Sibley Show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how did that so come? That kind of like, well, you know, I think what we found with um, the, the whole internet and social media and all the different mediums we can use that, like when I was growing up, um, it was all about being on TV or on the radio or in the newspaper. And when I first started blogging, I actually... Got, I ended up writing for a lot of the British papers and I was on BBC Breakfast a couple of times and did, did some radio shows. So I did that and it was like a dream come true and a bit of a, you know, tick box almost of achievements. But when, when you get into actually having a mission and a purpose, a lot of the people that will have consumed what I had to say on those mass media, it wouldn't have been so relevant or resonating. And the beauty of having a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel is that you can build up your own tribe that really want and need the type of thing you're putting out. And there's a, a guy, do you know Seth Godin, um, yeah, the yeah. author? Yeah, yeah he talks so. about famous to the family. And I think that's so true that you can, you know, really make a big impact through even like a thousand people. And you can also earn a living if you have a thousand people that are true fans, whether it's book or courses or, you know, events, whatever it might be, you can also make a living. So I think we we live in this world where we think we need millions of followers and and we need to be in that mainstream media. And, And you still use the mainstream media as a way of building your tribe and bringing people to your content. But yeah, so the Martin Sibley show was just that kind of, you know, when I was a kid, I might have dreamt of having the Martin Sibley show on BBC One, but 
but I don't need the BBC. I can just do it myself now, which exactly. is awesome. Yeah, and plus you're not edited. You can control everything, whereas they'll be dictating to you. So that's what I love about the podcast. Like you can determine exactly what you want to say and who you yeah. want to interview. Yeah, and also as a sort of more commercial side, I've ended up being engaged by various businesses in the inclusion world that want a podcast making for their brand and their company. So I now get paid to make podcasts and interview people for these businesses. So that wouldn't have happened amongst many other things as well if I hadn't have just started and done the podcast. No, excellent. And like what I've noticed is you have the music coming in. There's a lot of people after asking me to start doing the music and I'm trying to... I haven't figured that one out yet to try and make some music that will suit for kind of the intro, but uh, yours is nice the way that, uh, you know, the first kind of minute it's, and then it fades out. Yeah, well, there's an interesting story with the, the music, actually. So my stepbrother used to be in a band, and when we grew up, we were all very into hip-hop, and I, he was always more creative, but I'd sort of write down some lyrics, and we'd just play around with some making some tracks and everything quite a while ago. But then when we were more in our 20s, his band won a local radio competition on the BBC, which ended up all of the regional winners went to London and, and did a, you know, had a bit of a chance to do recording, all that sort of stuff. So he's pretty talented. And um, I was chatting to him about when I was starting out with my blog and this whole concept of that disabled people are disabled by the barriers of society, not disabled by the medical condition. And that's a big thing of my work. And so basically we decided to make a song. So his um, bandmate did that. That is the music that is on the Martin Silly show. And then if you go on YouTube and search for Sunnier Days, the, the song under my name as well, then there is the whole song. And it, with the video is cutting in parts of my video blogs around that time. So it, it's not like it yeah, went particularly big out there in the world, but like not had like crazy amount of hits, but it was a nice sort of family collaboration. It was nice to use it on the podcast theme tune as well. No, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, with uh, radio, like you, you've mentioned, you've done a lot of radio. Have you any tips for people that have to do like a radio interview? Because I, I see some people, you know, they panic and you can hear the quivering in the voice and everything, but you don't have that. You're kind of a natural on the radio as well. So do you have any tips for people? Um, beyond the, th the thing about just the more you do it the calmer you get but I suppose to be calmer if you haven't yet had the practice is to definitely take some deep breaths before um, I mean again the more I've sort of got a bit more in touch with the mind valley stuff I've learned a lot more about sort of meditation and breath work from them mm -hmm. but I think it's quite a, an intuitive thing as well that when you just breathe deeply a couple of times you just it calms everything down you stop all the the chattering in your head mm. um and i suppose the other thing is to look at what's the worst thing that can happen because that fear is that a lot of people are listening to you and you're worried that you're gonna say or be perceived to have said something you know immortally wrong <laughs> and that everyone's gonna turn on you like the mob you know and and so yeah that the worst that can happen is that but that the true reality is that someone might not agree with what you said, but you know, so what? It's not, it's not the end of the world. And when you come back to what are the key points that you would want to get across in that interview, 
that's probably the best thing. It's sort of if I've got two minutes and this is the topic, um, what are the main points I'd like the listener to take? Mm -hmm. And there is a bit of a skill in when they ask you the question, you can kind of acknowledge and, and sort of answer the question without being weird or rude and ignoring it. But you can then still come round to the point you wanted to make from that because it's always going to be on a broad topic so you're not going off on a massive tangent but yeah you can sort of take the question acknowledge it but then bring it to what you want and take control of of it and that that does take a bit of practice i think Mm -hmm. that um, you know, so now you could do that with friends and family. You could do I, I love that. Know your objectives before you go to the interview and then do a bit of practicing with your friends. And then, yeah, because, yeah, a lot of the time they're more interested in their side. So they won't be asking you what you hope they'll ask you, but you can just twist it and get get in them points. Yeah, Brilliant. 100%. I love that. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Yeah. And on that, that note about the fear of, you know, people sort of not agreeing or not liking what you've said or done. Um, last week so I've, I've done a lot of upskilling with coaching and courses and so we the plan was to when we did do it was to have a, a subscription product so Disability Horizons is essentially a magazine that's always been free and it always will be free but um, we, we obviously need to well first of all, we want to do more for the community and give them more skills and um, particularly with coaching the accountability and the structure and those sorts of things are very valuable, mm-hmm. but we couldn't keep doing all this stuff for free. So we said, well, if we have a small monthly income, that would be fine. Now, what I kind of was worried and knew it might happen, but some of the audience took an issue with the fact that we were charging anything for a product that is for disabled people. And in all of my, um, oh, there was a couple of personal attacks that I found a little bit hard to, to you know stomach because I think um, yeah we put a lot of time and energy into it and then to have people name calling and that was a bit unnecessary but um, there were lessons that we sort of humbly learned about communicating why we're doing things a bit better um, sort of rather than just launching a product given the whole story of we're doing it to help people and we have to charge to to keep it running um, but I think, yeah, that, that for me, you, you have to have a thick skin when you are putting your head above the parapet that there will always be people that are not in agreement with you and you can't please everyone. No. Um, and so as much as it stings and it hurts and it's not nice, you do have to check that the feedback has maybe some truth and you can, you can use it and make what you're doing better. But then also to just be grounded in your own principles and values that you know you're doing the right thing for you and it's not personal it's just that everyone's going to have their own opinions as well exactly well like i've, I've just uh, finished uh, reading uh, tim ferris's book and he he's talking about that he's given an example and he's saying that there's probably about 10 percent are going to be on the negative side and he said like two percent ignore but the eight you can engage with because you can use it kind of like for the marketing and kind of go, I didn't understand, I get your point and, yes. you know, and you can use that. And that then will actually spiral into a nice conversation. But yeah. like you can't put your energy into it because there's some people, they have nothing else to do and they'll just attack whoever they feel like attacking. And yeah. you're better off concentrating on the people, the 90%. 
instead of you know you know Absolutely. and affecting you you just 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 let it go take a deep breath go okay you know send love to them you know they're obviously in pain somebody must have done something to them that they have to put so much anger on the computer you know so that's the way i see it you know, just don't yeah no it. i totally agree and someone said yesterday that you can either put put your picnic next to the cow pat or you can put the picnic next to the daisies <laughs> i really like that one that's a nice one yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, very good. And like what I like, like a lot of the stuff, obviously you're inspiring a lot of people, but you're doing the health product as well with, with, uh, with uh, Kasha's. So you might tell us yeah. about that as well, because I think that's important. Of course. Yeah. So I mean, Kasha's dad um, in Poland has been running um, variously, gives lectures and um, just helps people really with their health and his background knowledge. And then there's some supplements that he's found to be very useful and um, one of them is called the Todder Heart of Gold. So when I um, ended up being with Kasia, and the first instance was that we went to Poland, so I'm meeting the in-laws, and that, that there was a big language barrier. As I said to you, disabled people have barriers, but we all have barriers, and I'm realising that's where my message has more universality, that it's just really about attitude and overcoming barriers. That's the, the kind of common theme in a way. Um, but yeah, so it sort of had the barrier of language. And then the next thing, I'm having this this supplement thrust in front of me to, to try it. And it didn't smell too good. And upon taking it, it had a very different taste because it was all, it was sort of garlic and um, all the horse thorn and all, all kind of ingredients that I wasn't used to, particularly growing up where it was a bit like fish fingers, chips and beans sort of dinners you know um and I, i'd got a bit better in, in adulthood but you know not loads um so yeah really that my personal journey with the health stuff was that i then so every winter i do still get a cold or two like we all do but i used to end up needing antibiotics and two or three times per winter and just really knocked me sideways and then once or twice in my life i've had pneumonia um, and I guess to explain my disability, it's neuromuscular. So I've got full feeling down to my toes, but the, the muscles are weakened by the genetic um, you know, disability that I've got. It's kind of like muscular dystrophy. It's called spinal muscular atrophy. Um, so I've always needed help to, you know, to turn in the night when I'm uncomfortable, to get dressed, to be washed. You know, it's, I have a lot of care support for physical things. Mm. Um, and then health-wise... I have, if I'm not got pneumonia or a chest infection, I'm pretty healthy, um, you know, quite good energy. And I, you know, I've always worked full time and stuff. So it's just always been that bit with the, the antibiotics and the chest infection. And then as I got a bit older, the circulation, um, because I'm sat down all day long, you know, I'd get quite cold feet and they were getting quite purple. Mm. And so what Todd does is it helps boost the immune system and to, to really help circulation. And uh, from my understanding, not being so sciencey in that area, but my lay under my layman understanding is that it essentially helps to just clean out all of the stuff that gets clogged up in our body. Um, it sort of in over time, all these ingredients help to clean it. Um, and so yeah, I remember when I first started taking Todda, there was shall we say a cleansing process going on for a couple of weeks um but yeah i mean over time my, my circulation is good my feet aren't purple 
and I've not been to the doctor or had antibiotics for six years now. Wow. And, it, and it's definitely attributed to, uh, attributed to Todd, but then also having more natural food, um, getting eight hours sleep, drinking more water, doing meditation to, to not have it. Because I used to get quite stressed as much as I'm bubbly and happy. I also, I'm a thoughtful person. So I do stress about things, you know, as well. Um, and yeah, so all of those areas that have really helped um, and yeah, so that I guess really that's the, the health initiative is trying to spread that message about, you know, there are natural ways to be healthy. Um, I, I'm not, I, I'm aware of negative things that can go on in the pharmaceutical world, but I don't want to get too drawn in on the politics or to be honest, the, the anger that it can induce of the, the, and it is some of the stuff that goes on is not justifiable, but I, I don't like to focus on the problem and the anger I like to just find solutions and focus on that so yeah there's quite a lot of stuff happening in that world at the moment oh, yeah. I love that because you if you take on these pharmaceuticals they've got uh, unlimited budgets and it, like at the end of the day it's kind of results so the fact that you didn't have to take antibiotics you look actually fantastic you know you can see that you're healthy to glow it yeah. speaks for itself you know yeah. so yeah don't spend your energy fighting them just you know, promote your own thing. And the fact that, that you're actually a great speaker, you know, we'll get you on stage talking about your health product, you know, the sales should go through the roof. You know? Yeah, well, my, my main experience of um, speaking on stage about the health stuff is when we're in Poland. So we're going, you know, as I say, to see Cash's family, I'm seeing the in-laws, bit of a holiday while we're there. And I still work remotely, obviously, especially when we're there for a month. But the next thing, um, Cash's dad says, oh, there's a, there's a conference next week. I'd love you to come along. Well, you know, come and have a look. And then the next thing, it's like, do you want to come up on stage? So I've actually spoken quite a few times in Poland. Um, and Kasia then translates me for the audience that are not able. Now, and that's a different experience because you can't get in. I don't mean flow state, but you can't get in the general flow as easily because every sentence you have to pause while Kasia or someone else, you know, translates it. But it, it's obviously great to be able to to speak in platforms around the world. And I mentioned I was in Japan. That was with a government initiative about uh, civil society politics. So I spoke there and there were people from Denmark, New Zealand, Britain and, and Japan, all kind of knowledge sharing. Um, and when we were in America, we gave a couple of talks as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's yes. always nice to be able to go on on stages globally as well as obviously in England where I am most of the time. Well, what I love is that what you're doing is you're bringing positivity and change to the world. Whereas a lot of times we've got some speakers and they're just trying to do, you know, do their own thing or just talk with of zero value. So, mm. yeah. So I love the fact that you, between your blog, your podcast, your book, you're inspiring people to actually make change. And even as you mentioned, you're helping other people with podcasts as well. So the more people that are getting out there doing this, the better impact it will have on our world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, you don't always see the impact. I mean, of course I get, you know, it's lovely for, for you to kind of reflect on those thoughts. And, and so that's a, a, you know, realization that it's, it's being uh, consumed, that it's helpful. And of course I get, you know, emails and messages from people too. But a lot of people, you, you never know what effect it has. They, they don't even know 
what effect it may or may not have because it it's all part of that bigger picture and it might if it just cheers someone up a bit one day that's awesome and if it gives them tools or even like products and things like that to help them and that's great as well but yeah I think you just put it out there and you let the universe kind of do its work really exactly exactly and like you know you mentioned about the meditation i like to meditate as well because i think it just gets you in flow i mean I, if i'm on stage i feel i don't kind of script it i kind of you know it just flows through me and it just comes out but yeah. i think it gets you in a calm state that time yeah. seems to slow down i'm not sure if yeah. you feel the same as they everything slows down you get a lot more done when you're meditating yeah i mean i, I you mentioned tim ferris and i geek out on a lot of general sort of personal development books like Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin, obviously Vision, a few of those guys in general. But yeah, I know there was a book I read called Stealing Fire. Have you read Yeah, Stealing? yeah, by Steve Cutler. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and Jamie Wheeler. Yeah, and that, that talks about flow states a lot. That, and that was like so interesting to dig down deeper and see what a flow state is and how you can try and you know, have more chance of of getting into it but yeah that that whole that whole science is, is cool and i just finished yesterday reading delivering happiness by tony shea who founded zappos and um, that again there's so much science now going on in happiness and like we said with flow also meditation there's a lot more research so things that were just seen as a bit out there and a bit hoodoo and witchcraft that they're, they're starting to actually prove it in a, in a scientific way exactly. now the benefits of it yeah i love that and what i find as well as even at the clubs that i'm talking to guys 18 and 16 and 80 20 and they're meditating whereas 10 years ago if you told people you were meditating they looked at think there's something wrong with you so it's yeah. you know it's brilliant that science is able to prove that you know it makes a huge change yeah and there'll always like we said there'll always be some people that don't believe in something or agree with it, whatever it might be. But I think to have that little bit of a sciencey vibe, you know, you, you, people feel more confident in themselves that, you know, I, they want to do it and they should do it regardless of the science. But it just gives that little bit more of a encouragement that there's stuff proving it, you know. So even when the haters or the disagreeers speak up, you, you've got that science to kind of counterbalance it a little bit more. Exactly. I mean, like the way I look at this, you have the options of reading the tabloids, listening to the, the news during a radio program or watching just uh, programs with ads with pharmaceuticals where they, they, the side effects are so fast, you don't know what they're saying. Or you can start reading books and you can meditate and see the difference. And like if you look at all the people that are doing very well in the world, they're all meditating. They're all reading lots of books. So it kind of it leads signs. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that point about the the sort of stuff that goes on in the media as well. I've I've tuned out now. I, I try not. I, I still am, you know, well read, and I like to know what's going on in the world in a more factual way. But that the mainstream media news is all about fear and everything. I just I hate it. So I, I've tried to you know not watch the main news or listen to it on the radio, but get my news from from other sources. And, and even then, like, you know, obviously we're in this whole Brexit stuff and the Trump stuff, like to, to, to get what you think are the facts, that's a subjective point anyway, because no one knows what is a fact at the moment anyway. But you kind of just feel like with that sort of thing that we're struggling to have any, it feels like any major influence on, 
it's better to engage, like we said earlier, in things that are more positive and, and constructive and not, not get, don't put your picnic by the cow pat, basically. Oh, exactly. And like, to be honest, that's why I'm doing this as well, to have the public speak, because I want positive people to be able to go on stage, because there's a lot of people who want change, but they just don't know how to do it. And it's, yeah. a lot, it's, it's all down to words, getting on stage, where you can actually motivate people and inspire people, and that then will, you know, not be wanting to build walls or close borders and stuff like that. I mean, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I love that analogy when you're in space. You know, a lot of the astronauts said about it that you don't see the the frontiers, the, the, the different countries and the borders. You just see the sea and the earth. And, you know, there's all sorts of living creatures and obviously humans as well there. But it's that all the things that we feel are real, are not they're all they're all man-made and another book i loved was uh noah yuval harari sapiens oh yeah I've just, yeah i just finished that excellent book it yeah. was great wasn't it fantastic mm. book and that that whole storytelling as we've said is a good thing it it's enabled us to be as progressed as we are but then when the narrative is about fear and borders it's just yeah it's just not not good basically no exactly exactly no but look I, I, what you're doing is making change to the world and that's what I love so I, I hope the people start listening to your podcast get your book how can they contact you that's the best way to yeah well I'm on all the social media platforms it's Martin with a Y M-A-R-T-Y-N Sibley S-I-B-L-E-Y um, so yeah they can direct message me or I've got a contact form on martinsibley.com as well so yeah be great to hear from any of your listeners yeah and when i put up the you know when it's posted out i'll put all your details of how they can connect so they just hit the link and awesome. they'll find okay yeah it'd be great to share your work as well with with my audience i'm a great believer in that kind of you know to to, to kind of cross cross pollinate audiences that have those same values in principle so exactly. yeah I'll, I'll be looking forward to sharing it as well no brilliant brilliant listen thanks thanks very much for for joining us on the show Pleasure. Thanks for having me. No problem. So I hope you enjoyed that episode with Martin. Um, if you know anybody that has a fear of public speaking or struggles or would like to actually improve their public speaking, be sure to share this with them. Also, uh, you could give us a rating on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to. That, uh, that helps us get uh, more listeners and we'd really appreciate it. So you'll find us on speakingpodcast.com. Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Speaking Podcast. There's two books currently on the Facebook page, so it's worth actually going in because we'll be adding additional stuff on that as well. And we've started a Polish podcast, so you can, if you're interested in learning Polish, go to learnpolishpodcast.com. So have a fantastic week, and until next week, take care. Bye.